2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show, recorded both in Los Angeles
1: and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out,
0: have a good time. All right. talk to y'all after a while. Hello there, LPN Show listeners. God, another lucky day to be a listener of the LPN Show. Did you wake up with a smile today, knowing that you're one of the specials? Not one of the non-specials who lives life in a daze, lives life in a groping series of shadows, and they don't know what's important to them. But you do, because you listen to the LPN show. Hello, my name is Henry Zabrowski. I am one of the Cerberus heads of the hosts of the LPN shows, including my sister, Jackie Zabrowski, and Ben Kissel. And I just want to say, so excited to be here today with a very special spooky guest. It's the Halloween season. Pumpkin spice, y'all. People like it. Uh, I'm neutral, to be honest. I'm not, one, I'm not a hater on it. But what I do like about Halloween season is that it gets longer every year, and this year especially. And I want to say this year, we should push Halloween deep into Christmas. Um, because um, Christmas, I, mean, I don't mean to, just, to weigh your intro with this, Jay, but um, Christmas can go fuck itself. I shouldn't even, st- I'm sorry I'm starting the show like this, but it's my nature, and it's the only thing I can do to say this, because Christmas should just be wiped out. Jack Skeleton should have won, and Santa Claus should have been tortured to death, and we know this. Um, but today's guest knows, again, knows this explicitly. He's one of the investigators for Ghost Adventures. I'm so excited to have him on so we can see how the how the steak gets cut out of the cow. Is that, no, the sausage gets made. I think that's the technical term. Jay Wosley, thank you so much for coming to the show.
1: And Thanks for having me, and uh, I would have to say I agree. I mean, I technically live Halloween all year round, so... Yes. I mean, Halloween's always a special time, but pretty uh, fortunate to be able to live it nonstop for 10 years now. Are you with, the, are you online with that? Because
0: in, because Nat and I talk this, my, my wife, Natalie Jane, we're both big old Halloween people. But before Natalie and I got together, she was one of those that Halloween at some point was for like, oh, they're just weekend warriors in the spooky. Like we live it all the time. But I feel that then it's sort of our responsibility to hype it up for Halloween, because we do live it 20 Yeah, it's
1: definitely our time to shine, you know. It's, you know, we live it all year round, but this season we definitely have to step it up a little more than we normally do. We have to. We have to hold the line of what's important in this country.
0: Jay, you've been with Ghost Adventures the entire run. Uh, just about, yeah, about 10. The show's been on for 12 years. I've been mm. on 10 years. That's cool as hell. That's what a great, that what a great legacy to leave. Now, I just want to start, at the very beginning, because I know you started in audio, and you but you work all over the show. You do all these sketches. I want to talk about straight up EVP. How do you guys decide on Ghost Adventures? What you discern the EVP to say? Like I know that a lot of times it's what you guys experience in the show. Because I, I will start by saying Ghost Adventures is like as legit as you can make it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think in the moment too, there's, it's weird because like we'll get EVPs in the moment that sound so crystal clear, like in the moment, we'll play it right off the recorder, crystal clear, no doubt about what it says. And then I guess the problem is once you start in editing, things get compressed, you know, you start compressing files, then it goes to an online edit and it compresses, then it goes out in TV. Every person's speaker setups different, every person's TV is different. So it, by the time it actually gets to the viewers ears, it's a little bit different than what it truly was. And like, we've had EVPs that I thought were amazing in the moment. And then when I watch it on TV, I'm like, Oh, you can't really hear it as much there, but it is, it's a matter of compression and sound levels. And, you know, it's kind of tough in that way. But, uh, so we try to weed out ones like and only offer. Like we get a lot of evidence, but we'll only put forth basically, the really strong ones that are like without a doubt you know that can basically come across as strong as possible the ones that are really clear because exactly, yeah.
0: those are our favorite right matt and i are like yes it's it said get
2: out <laughs> right yeah it's yes, got him get <laughs> out there's of no, there. no
1: denying it you know
0: no how do you guys what's the real difference between vibe from when you scout to when you start shooting because i know that you must go through like what kind of vetting Situation, like what is it that like how does it start that you choose the locations and then move into a shoot?
1: Yeah, well, uh, uh, Zach our, uh, is basically a you know the leader of our group. He's in it all the time. He's researching. Yeah, Captain, he's, America. He's, he's Captain America. He's oh, Captain America. Yeah, he's doing it all. He, he's nonstop, and I love that. Um, and we do have we have some researchers that work for us, so they're always gathering different possibilities, different leads. Um, And then even just fans, like through Twitter and Instagram, we're always getting messages from different people that are, oh, you should come here. You should check this out. So there's a never-ending list of places to go. How many times is like you or Zach get like a message being like, my pussy's haunted.
0: Come check (laughs) it out.
1: And you're like, I know, I know. We're in Vegas. Right. Try to skip those ones. Mm. But but, yeah, it's a pretty quick process really considering for being a TV show. Uh, And honestly, we go into it not really knowing a whole lot. Like I'll know where we're going and we'll literally have maybe four, four to five interviews that are set up. So we just know we're going here. We're going to talk to these people and that's it. That's it. We show up. We don't have a shot list. We don't have a plan. Like we literally just show up and we just start filming. It's very raw documentary style. And Then basically it was upon what we discover. We start going in different angles. We start going different ways. You know, I always shout out to our production manager because we'll be like, hey, we just learned this, go find us this now. And, you know, we're out in location and he makes it happen and, you know, finds us, Oh, we need a historian suddenly to like, kind of like fact check some stuff or find out more information and he will track them down and pulls it out for us. And so it's a, it's always, you know, evolving, always changing, which is part of what I love about it. And I think kind of separates our show a little bit is because it is always, you know, we have that creative freedom to basically do whatever we want and whatever needs to be done for the investigation. And now that you've been doing
0: it for so long, I imagine you have like a specific set of shorthand of how you get things going. Like, you know, like we need one of these. We need a scared old woman. We need a big fat Cajun cook. Like we need to
1: have him. <laughs> right, it'd be great to have some cooks. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think from a production standpoint, we do, we kind of, you know, we travel with like a small kid. Like we know like, all right, we want certain lighting. We want certain cameras. We want to kind of look ahead and think of like what could happen, what could we run into? And then sometimes we don't need that stuff, but then other times it's it's kind of like the whole, what's the Boy Scout motto, like always be prepared. You know, so every shoot, we don't really know exactly what we're going to run into. So we kind of try to travel and be prepared for kind of whatever gets thrown at us. Have you ever rolled into a situation
0: that turned into a complete dud? Like have uh, you ever like shown up to see some good, because I, I know that the show is not necessarily just about Seeing and getting evidence of ghosts—it's kind of about the investigation, and you hope that juicy shit pops up. But have you ever just rolled in, and just being like, "These people are lying to us"? Like, yeah, I mean, we
1: i mean, I think almost every investigation, except obviously if it's like Dracula's castle, of course this place is going to be crazy. But you know, like in general, a lot of places we go in skeptical. You know, we don't want to just go in automatically thinking all this stuff's going to happen. We go in with a very skeptic mind, a detective kind of mind and kind of like step-by-step, try to figure out, all right, is this really going on here? What's really going on here? Um, And there has been a few times where we've gone to places, uh, you know, for whatever reasons, there was one episode we did that was kind of controversial for a while. uh, We did up in Seattle at a house and this family was making insane claims, like just things like six, six, six appearing on the walls and Really, so we were like, all right, hell yeah, this sounds... this <laughs> yeah, I want like, Yeah, we get pumped up, and when we get there, we were there for, you know, the three days, four days, that we're usually there, about a week, and nothing happened. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to say that they're faking or that they're doing it for fame, like, who knows? But while we were there, nothing happened, you know? And, you know, we got the feeling, like, maybe it's not what they're claiming, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it was yeah. just an off night or you know, we don't know. It's the paranormal. So who knows why things happen when they do. But you know, when we were there, nothing happened. And you know, we still presented the show and we presented it that way. We didn't want to, you know, we didn't call them out and say, oh, you're bullshit or anything like that. We were like, no, like just while we were there, nothing happened, but here's still our process. So you can see what we tried to do and how we went through it. I sometimes wonder if like specifically dangerous, dangerous ghosts get like
0: spooky dick Right. Like whiskey dick where at some point where they're just like man i'm just too spooky to even be scary tonight right. like i need to chill from myself
1: <laughs> right i always wonder that when like we investigate brothels and stuff you know it's, it's like i'm so <laughs> We're sick like... of
0: sucking all these other ghosts penises all night <laughs> i just want to rest right and now i'm I've sure got ghost, this, ghost i got this, need a night off <laughs> the sculpted yoked zach baggins in here and now right. I'm, suppo- I'm supposed to get a wh- ghost horny again
1: Right. And like some, you know, like I know in life people can't just turn it on and be, you know, especially when the cameras are involved, they get shy. Who knows? Maybe ghosts can get camera shy. You never know.
0: Not when you're a clown, Jay.
1: <laughs> right. Not when you're a clown, you always have to smile
0: for them. You always oh, have yeah. to
1: be prepared to dance.
0: <laughs> um, do you, uh, I had a good one. What is, what to you, I mean, I think you get a lot asked, like, what's the creepiest thing you've ever seen? I think that, that that's good. That's quite often. What is, like, what's the most you've ever truly felt scared. Like, like you were actually scared. Like, cause there, I think spooked is one thing. And I think a group of guys, cause like, you know, we've done it as friends. The last podcast boys, like the idea of you go looking to be scared. Right. And you can find anything to be scared. But what time? Cause like, I remember I went to the Winchester house and you know, the Winchester house is one of those famous tourist kind of spooky places. So I didn't expect to experience anything. But when we walked into the, they have the safe room where she talked about, she kept the lock of her lover's hair. I felt the fucking hairs on the back of my neck like stand up. up. I was (laughs) like, whoa. I was like, I felt like it was like an animal reaction.
1: Yeah. Well, I think when you pay attention enough to your body and you do it long enough, you start noticing those things. You notice those changes in the environment, those changes in your own, you know, physical energy. And that's that's usually the sign. We're like, all right, something's going on here. And those are good moments where then we'll pull out instruments, we'll pull out different devices to try to communicate. But the Winchester, that was a crazy place. My favorite, not my favorite, but my big memory there is actually I broke my ankle skateboarding there.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's old timey. The ramps are very rickety.
1: Right. I wasn't inside. I was just outside, just killing time. That
0: sucks. Right.
1: That really, really really sucks. You don't heal as good the older you get either. So. Do you not see a difference, though,
0: between those types of tourist-style like official haunting places versus like a more, I'm not, I, I know it's not an indie right. place, but you know what I mean? Like the idea of like someone who's just somebody's house, like, do you see a difference between those
4: two?
1: Yeah, I think there is. And I think a lot of it, like, it can play up in your mind, like, all right, this place is crazy. If you go in it like that, then it might end up being more crazy. So I think that, and too, just like, I don't know if you believe in like collective consciousness, things like that, you know, and everybody is like, this place is haunted, this place is haunted, and everybody agrees everybody thinks this is the craziest place it's probably going to be crazier than like some random place but then there are these places that we go to that no one's ever heard of or just a house that just totally knocks us over and is just crazy in its own right
0: are there any other ghost hunting like groups that you're jealous of that you think has uh, got a better have got a bigger scoop i don't think that there is but do you think anybody else has got a more mainline
1: scoop i don't think so i mean i know like we've been on for the longest and yeah um, it helps yeah. same thing with last podcast you just end up choking out right <laughs> right but uh but yeah i mean and honestly i don't really watch a lot of the other ghost shows no offense to them or anything but i kind of don't want them to get into my head i don't want to watch someone else's style or someone else's ideas and then kind of like i don't know influence the way i approach things i kind of try to keep it fresh and keep my own, you know, at least, you know, I'm not saying I can never come up with something that someone's done, but at least like I'm not influenced directly by anyone else.
0: It's hard, especially, I mean, with comedy, I kind of felt the same way for so long that I I have a hard time watching other comedy because I don't want other people's ideas to creep into my head because you got to come up because you guys are pumping out shows and we have to pump out content all the time and you and I'm not completely aware what comes out of my mouth. Most of the time, and I don't want it to just be somebody else's like recycled material.
1: Right, exactly. You watch enough of other things, it's going to get in there, you know, and there's a chance that it might just come out as is, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, you took that from this person or that person, and it's like, so now I just try to keep it as original as possible.
0: Um, Right now, Last Podcast is doing a series on The Bell Witch. Oh, yeah. I know you guys went, and I'd love to talk about it specifically, but... one one th- major thought I'd like to talk about is why I think often when people decry a, an anomalous event as a hoax, one of the big reasons why they say something is a hoax is for personal monetary gain, right? That the people involved in the, ho- in the hoax or whatever it is, they're going to make money. What's your opinion on that? Because for as far as I'm concerned, anybody who's become mostly the whistleblowers I know, and like I'm looking at like Whitley Strieber, I'm looking at all these people, they end up being... Um, destroyed by by their revelation
1: could be I think maybe they're starting thinking like oh if I you know fake this or fraud this they're going to make tons of money and be super famous but like you said it tends to like be the backwards it usually destroys people it ruins them you know and they're never credible again Um, and the bell witch though I 100% believe in the bell witch Yeah, you know one it's one of the oldest American haunting stories which is pretty incredible it's creepy And one thing about that, I remember the guy who owns it didn't really want us there. Like he wasn't looking for the fame. He wasn't looking for, he was kind of like, what, like a TV show coming here. Like he kind of didn't want that, you know, and we tried multiple times to get in there. And then finally, I think maybe it was his daughter who was like a fan of the show. And finally was like, oh, we should have them come in. Like they're legit. They're good. And, you know, we finally got to do it. So like right away that showed me like, all right, they're legit. You know, they're not trying to do it for the fame or the money. Um, And then going there. It was crazy. I got to do an uh, infrasound experiment where I took uh, basically a giant speaker, put it inside the cave. We all sat outside the cave, and I blasted infrasound, which if you're not familiar with infrasound. It's basically uh, sound waves that are below the hearing range of the human ear. So you can't hear it, but you can feel it. It's like basically like a bass frequency. And uh, so the idea is it's like resonant theory, you know, when like an opera singer sings and hits that certain high note and the glass shakes and breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that. Um, I think Howard Stern used to use that Back in the day So it was kind of like that theory And basically the idea there's claiming that there's portals And things like that in the cave So my idea was like I'm going to try different uh, Infrasound frequencies And see if I can resonate And maybe open up a portal or something hmm. So I put it in there And we're all outside We have a monitor We have cameras in there We're watching We're hearing We're listening Start the infrasound I'm, I'm dialing Trying different frequencies All of a sudden rocks just start going flying just start lifting up going flying all over the place we start seeing lights just starting to appear and like sparkle around uh it was pretty crazy i think we actually opened up something and then afterwards we went in there and just walking into it it felt like you're in like another dimension like we were all kind of like walking around like whoa like wait a minute this doesn't feel right like like i think like something opened up so it there's no doubt to me that you know, whatever caused it, who knows? You know the, the myths and the stories of how it all happened, but there's definitely something there. You know,
0: that is honestly the one confusing part. Marcus and I were talking about this today, developing the show. How did the Bell Witch move from the what seemed to be a people centered haunting? Like it seemed to be around the daughter. Obviously, John Bell, famously the the victim. Of the Bell Witch was the focus of its energy. How did it transmute to the cave? I know some people say that it like it made its new home because it it seems like a lot of the new haunting material about the Bell Witch is all about the cave, especially right. taking things from the cave and taking it home.
1: The original house isn't there anymore. You know they have like a kind of like a mock up or a, it's kind of like rebuilt in a sense but the original house isn't there anymore um but from what i remember hearing in, in the stories that they think it might have started one of the kids actually took a skull from the cave yes that's
0: right the little yeah because they dug around in the
1: burial mounds i mean that sounds cool as hell
0: if i was a little kid oh and i would I was be told doing it too that would be so much fun i mean obviously we would be haunted to death by indigenous people but right. that's that's kind of i guess that the time would be the goal
1: and i'm not going to say that i don't have uh some rocks from the Bell Witch cave at my house, and oh shit, nothing directly has happened yet. But,
0: <laughs> but, dude, what do you do? Because you know, because Zach Baggins famously has his museum right. of haunted items. Have you experienced anything like when you go and you deal with like? A, I know that because I, I first of all, I'm very curious how he seals it, right? Right, if it is filled with dangerous objects, because then we were joking about on the show the other day about the uh, the kerfluffle with Zach Baggins talking about the Annabelle doll and about how they put the Annabelle doll on a fucking first class trip, right? Yeah, to, on a plane, and i and Ben Kessel and I were both like, you would need to tell me that
1: Annabelle's on a
0: plane because I'm not getting on a
1: plane sitting there. And I look over and you see Annabelle sitting there. I'd be like, all right, get me off here.
0: Fuck this shit. It's like flying with Cyrus, the virus. I
1: remember (laughs) not But, uh, yeah, I mean the museum is, it's crazy. Cause one, it's kind of like an experiment in itself. Like just what happens when you gather all these things and you know, basically like some of the most haunted items in the world are all brought together under one roof. What happens? And We've investigated it. I remember the, one of the first times we investigated it, uh, we decided we were going to sleep over. We're all going to sleep in a different room.
0: I remember that special. It wasn't that big live. So that was great.
1: Uh, it was one. Uh, no, it was before the live one. We did it live as well. But the one time when we did it, the first thing was the first time we ever filmed there, we slept over and I got woken up to something hitting the bottom of my bed, freaked me out. And then I saw a shadow jump by the camera. Cause there was like a little bit of an ambient glow from the monitor and stuff. And it freaked me out. I woke up. I yelled for the other guys. They came running out. And then I noticed the camera got the power cable got pulled out of it, which was weird. And then I looked down and I realized the bed I was on not just got bumped, but it actually got dragged out into the hallway area. Because you could see the carpet was all like bundled up. You know, from where the bed was into where it ended up, it was all bundled up. So whatever I thought just bumped the bed at first, but it actually dragged the bed out into the hallway, which was pretty nuts. That's scary. (laughs) Since then, I mean, we've gotten the film there so many times and every time it's different. You always experience something new. Uh, I mean, I got to perform a ceremony with a witch from England. uh, Came over and we uh, took Ed Gein's cauldron and did a whole ritual around that, which that Went crazy and was pretty wild. It's just like, did you like call upon the ancient Tetronic god of upholsterers that that Ed Gein was serving secretly? Well, that was the thing. Like one, I was like, all right, this is Ed Gein's cauldron. I don't want to sub in Ed Gein. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I don't want to. It doesn't have to be me. Do I have to be Ed? Yeah.
1: Well, that was the thing. The witch picked me. Like we were interviewing her earlier in the day or maybe even the day before, like kind of just talking about stuff. And she just points at me. She's like, you have to do this ritual with me. That's L.A. flirting. Right, and I was like, "All right, like, okay, like, why?" And she was like, "I don't know." She's like, "It just it has to be you." And then it was weird. At the time, I was getting these weird dreams that like the my skin on my back was getting ripped off. Like, I was just having these nightmares. And then I had like some weird nightmare where it happened, but I was in Wisconsin, which is where Ed Gein was, and there was like these weird little synchronicities going on right like the days leading up to that so when she pointed at me and was like you have to do this and i started talking about my dreams and the nightmares and things that have been going on she's like yeah absolutely you have to do this with me you know and (laughs) thank you so much i was like all right let's see what happens you know and you know i tend to be the guy that kind of gets more into the rituals and stuff like that and You know, it just fascinates me. Like, I'm not trying to summon necessary demons or anything dark, but part of me is like, all right, what happens when you do? I want to see. I want to document. I want to, you know, capture evidence of this happening, whatever happens when you do these things.
0: I really think that
1: the the idea of ritual thought, like when you put yourself in
0: a ritual, essentially magic frame of mind, it's weird because I think that some pe- there's criticism because, you know, I've, dealt, I've done chaos magic in the past and all, all of that. And it's like, but there's criticism, people saying, well, you just look for it to happen and you want it to happen and in, in you're, op- you're too open. And that's what allows you to, quote unquote, see results or see things. But then it's conversely in my mind, I'm like, well, that is how you see things. You do have to be open to it.
1: Exactly. You know, and I think a lot of people that don't have experiences that don't, you know, believe in the paranormal, things like that, it's mostly because they're, they're closed minded, not necessarily a bad person, but they're just not open to it, or they want to, they don't want to believe it, they might be scared of it, or they're just their minds closed to the idea that there could be more to this than just our life, which rightfully so is a scary idea, it can be a scary thought. But also, it could be a comforting thought to know that there is something more, you know. But I think people that don't, you know, for whatever reason, they don't want to believe it, they shut it down and then they don't experience it. And then it just backs them up more saying, oh, well, this isn't true because I never experienced this. I know, sometimes it think- takes a main experience. Once you experience something legitimately, you know, it's going to change the way you think about it. I think sometimes people are afraid that
0: believing in ghosts is like a uh, stepping stone to believing hardcore in God. And I think that uh, people have a hard time holding those two together and knowing that you can not necessarily believe in a corporeal personality-driven God and also believe in the paranormal, because I also believe in some fashion, some fashion. This is
1: just science that we don't understand. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, we try to bring in science as much as we can, and we try to, you know, document our evidence and measure our evidence through scientific means, you know, and to to add more of an authenticity to it, you know, and I think you're right. I think a lot of people, you know, being, you know, like the weird concept that, you know, like if we, you know, as a society fully accept that ghosts exist, it kind of changes, you know, the general belief system of things. Like it kind of needs to be reworked a little bit you know it you know and anything that changes the way our society thinks and as a majority like people get scared of that they don't want that change they don't want to you know stir it up a little bit if you will
0: it's hard because then you got to go to work meanwhile you know your your body is being swirled with (laughs) phantoms
1: right you're just constantly covered around it's very scary you (laughs) know maybe you can get out of work be like hey i I got ran over by a ghost today. I can't make it in. <laughs> <laughs> I just
0: feel like the, the, most of the time when you make that call into work, it's because you've been doing cocaine for many days.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. And he's like, I got to come
0: up with a fucking excuse. <laughs> right? I can't go to work today. I drank a bunch of Dawn dishwashing liquid this morning because I thought it was juice.
1: The ghost won't leave you alone.
0: <laughs> I thought I was vibing like that man on the internet. <laughs> Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. So now you're you are a tech you're you're ostensibly plugging, but you're you are now this is Halloween season, so you guys are now doing a new Halloween special, right? What do you think's great? Now is this like is this your version of a quarantine
1: special? Kind of. Well, actually, we already did our quarantine special, which uh, we did that back. So basically, back up real quick. We'll get to the Halloween special. But, sure. Uh, when the pandemic first hit, like so, we shoot our show all year round. I know you you do shows, so you know, like a lot of times. Shows will shoot a season in a few months. Yep. kind of shoot everything, and then you're off. We shoot two episodes a month, nonstop. It's been that way for for me, 10 years, show 12 years. You do it every, like, 24-7, like, all year, 365, days. Yeah, so we're just constantly, you know, week on, week off, week on, week off. Um, so when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh, shit, we're shut down now. Like, we can't keep going, and one we love what we do. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, we're develop you know, we put out a TV show, but we do it because we love to do it. You know, we do have a, a natural friendship together. We, you know, we love getting out on the road and doing this and exploring it.
0: No, it's fun as hell. I miss right. going on the road with my
1: boys so damn much. Exactly. So like, so, you know, and so when we, We're faced with the uh, the idea of like, oh shit, we can't do this. And at the time it was like, who knows how long this is going to run. Like no one knew, you know, we're going to be shut down for six months. We're going to be shut down for a year, two years. Like it was all over the place. So right away we started talking. We're like, all right, like, what are we going to do? And then Zach was like, hey, well, why don't the four of us just quarantine at the museum in Vegas? And yep. we were all just like, hell yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that's, that'd yeah, be Doc. great. Like, let's do it. <laughs> and then, you know, he was like, all right, we'll do that. And we actually developed a quarantine special. And we did four episodes. Uh, we lived in campers in the parking lot of the museum. We had no production crew at all. It was literally just the four of us. Uh, and then every day we went in and we filmed and investigated. We did interviews via Skype or whatever, or Zoom. Uh, and we did the special and it was insane. It was amazing to be able to focus that much time Like, basically living at the museum for two weeks straight.
0: Is there really that much activity at the museum?
1: Mm -hmm. Like, straight up? Like, it's like 13 ghosts? Oh, yeah, 100%. And in the quarantine, like, a lot of people we talk to, because we're like, all right, we want to get some interviews. We want to, you know, get some new information. We have found, you know, past guests that walk through. Almost all the time. Like, Zach's showing me, like, security camera footage of people passing out and falling over and things moving and... You know, and it's, you know, that's the thing. it's always happening and it's always changing. He's always adding more things. He's always mo- bringing more things in, you know, so it's a it's an ever evolving place with, of energies and hauntings. So it's it's always off the chain.
0: I like I know you you know him very well, but do you ever think that maybe just maybe he secretly has an army? I'm going to say little people dressed in all black right that do certain things that move within the shadows and control things like do you ever think that maybe just he just might have
1: a team i mean if he did i would be pretty impressed that he that uh i never noticed that (laughs) technically that's almost more impressive than the
0: years of something like if he really could organize this for 12 years he's the best producer who's ever lived
1: right yeah and like when you know like we hung out not in a ghost world and you know and that's what's weird too like even when we're just hanging out shit seems to happen around us and
0: i really think there's a it's drawn to a type of person i think there it's, it's the activity because i know people that are just like because me i am like fucking ghost the ghosts won't have anything to do with me right. i've never said se- i've gone looking for them. i've looked for ghosts i've looked for ufos i've never seen shit but i think I, people
1: always have told me it's because i want it too much right yeah, I think sometimes you can overdo it, maybe, but it's weird. I've we've gone to locations, and then people have been like, "Oh yeah, we had investigators in here a couple weeks ago before you guys got here, and all your names came through the devices." So fucking weird. stuff like that. It's like sometimes it's like I don't know. It's like weird. Like we're almost known in that world. Like oh, they're coming out. Like we're gonna. Oh shit! They're to like
0: them. <laughs> tonight's the night, dude. <laughs> <They're> right? It <laughs> was the richest crew in the house. We're gonna put it all nonstop.
1: Right. Which brings out a whole nother level of conversation. Like, you know, is the spirit world even that aware of our world? You know, like it just, I don't know. I love it. I love the idea that it just, you know, even when we discover things like it just sometimes creates more questions. But I love that. I love just the exploration of it all and trying to figure it all out.
0: No, that's so cool. So how did you move from the quarantine special to like Halloween? I guess by this point, you're just like, well, fuck it. We got to do something. Do you guys all like, were you, are you guys like on your quarantine? Like, did you decide to make sure that we're like, so we didn't have to wear masks and shit? Or are you
1: like, well, no, I mean, well, that was the thing. It was just the four of us. So it was easier to manage. I mean, it was hard because we were doing everything ourselves, but. yeah,
0: How the fuck do you set up whole shoots? Just you guys
1: tough, man. It's, 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 tiring, it's gruesome, and I was pretty beat up by the end of it. But uh... Because
0: at some point, if you just, because it's hard to move from talent back to crew. When you've been so used to like doing to being mainly talent, and then all of a sudden now it's like, Oh my God, I have to be my own grip.
1: It's a great feeling to be like going crazy for six hours, setting up things and all of a sudden you're, it's hot, you're sweating, you're all a mess. And all of a sudden the camera gets turned on to you and be like, all right, Jay, what do you think of this? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, all right, hold on. Uh, sh- uh, all right. um, Oh, I like it. It's spooky. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's definitely tough, but like you kind of, honestly, you kind of forget about it in a while. And it's just, and we include those elements of the show because it, you know, really is that raw us doing this. So we're not afraid to kind of just show us hanging around and setting up stuff. It's just part of who we are and what we do. But I think by doing the quarantine special, we kind of got, we learned how to be able to do things in a safer manner during the pandemic. Like we still kept masks on when like we were close and then we would social distance, you know, spacing out the shots and using different lenses and different kind of a different way of setting up to like keep space between everybody. Um, you know, when we kind of got used to that, and then even just like staying in the trailers and things like that, and like basically being self sufficient you know and so then when it came to the time, we're like all right well we we wanna do we gotta do a Halloween special, you know, and you know that was obviously a bigger kind of undertaking. Um, so, but we were already kind of ready and then we have, you know, great people that help us out. You know, like I mentioned earlier, our production manager and, you know, our B-roll team that shoots like the B-roll and reenactments and things for us. Um, and then for that, we have a sound guy that will do like the interviews and things during that time. How are you
0: casting your reenactors? Like, do you just pull from BG or do you just have, do you have like friends?
1: No, they just I love whoever, whoever just is around. Like, uh, I mean... We have a whole separate B-roll crew that kind of handles the reenactments and stuff, but they'll just pull from, you know, people at the location sometimes, or they know people and, you know, they'll just kind of, you know, sometimes even, you know, back before the pandemic, you know, we're out to eat and be like, oh, that waiter looks, you know, hey, what are you doing Thursday night? You know, like you want to come? Yeah. character. You've
0: got a good gangly look. You look like Ichabod Crane. I also like it when you obviously have like a guy who's never really been on camera before, like do like doing a reenactment. Who's all just been like, I swear the ladle did move from here <laughs> right. to here. Like he is just very stiff. Everything. Definitely
1: be a hard time. But I mean, I grew up in independent film and you know, it, you're, you you kind of, you can work with people and you know how to shoot it and you keep it quick and brief. And, you know, between the, lighting and angles and how you edit it, you can you can make a bad performance good. <laughs> I really do
0: believe real actors struggle to get the authenticity of a awkward BG because sometimes background artists can, and people that are like do like like amateur actors they can come through with a more special performance because they're not mired with all the bullshit of being an actor. Like something they, they say something, you're like. That's exactly how I want
1: it. Right? Yeah, they're not overthinking it. They're not worried about egos or how they appear. They're just just natural, just going with it. So. Yeah, I <laughs> totally. love it. So, how do you move to it? So, what is the Halloween special? What? How do we cap off a very
0: honestly because it's been a fucking frightening year.
1: It is like it's been. That's like what I was saying. Like, Halloween almost feels like it's been Halloween every year. Everyone's wearing masks all the time. Like, yeah. it's it terrifying, out. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, but yeah, so this Halloween special, it's not on Halloween night. It's on Thursday, uh, October 29th. So, the Thursday before Halloween. Cool. Uh, it's a two hour special. Uh, we invested, investigated uh, the zoo. From uh, the Tiger King series.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah! I just feel like you're gonna find, like, you will find ghosts, but I feel like you're gonna find a lot more like guys in sheets. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I mean, was, there was, there's some weird stuff that definitely went down there. Yeah. But surprisingly, honestly, like one, like I mean, I don't know. The series came out back at the beginning of the year, and it happened
0: at the beginning of fucking quarantine. It right. happened
1: in March. And I think everybody was sucked into it. Like, how could you not? Watch this like crazy story, the characters, everything that was going on, it just sucked us all in, you know. And then, um, basically, how we got into that was uh, there was a thing where uh, so Jeff Lowe owns the zoo mm-hmm. right now, and then a court ordered that he had to turn it over to Carol Baskin.
0: Oh, yeah, and yeah, she won, yeah. And then she was on how I how she was on Dancing with the Stars, which was a travesty for all American
1: <laughs> So Jeff tweeted or Maybe in an interview or something, he said, "Oh yeah, that's fine. Carol Baskin can have the zoo and all the ghosts with it." Whoa! So he posted that, and we saw that, and Zach saw that, and was like, "Whoa, really?" You're like, and like yes, yeah!" I mean, and like watching and watching the show, it. like in all the craziness there, you gotta think like, "There's something going on." So even before we went there, like just watching it, you're like, "All right, are these people being affected by something? Is there something there? Like that's the energy? Like it's a weird place." And like. I wouldn't be surprised if the place is haunted. So then seeing that, him say that, we're like, oh, is he serious? So somehow Zach, I guess, found a mutual friend or someone that was like visiting the zoo and kind of like tracked down Jeff and basically just approached him and got him in touch with Zach and was like, hey, can we come film there? And they were like, absolutely, we'd love to. And then they started telling us and they're like, yeah, we have hauntings all the time. And Well, they hit a suicide
0: on camera. So it's like they had something.
1: Yeah, like, uh, you know. Unfortunately, it seems it was an accidental suicide. Um, But that was one of the spirits. Like there was moments where, you know, we kind of focused, there was a lot of different stories, but we focused on that was a big part of it. Um, And there was one moment where like, I can't go into too many details, but there was like a whole series of events. And it's really nice when you get like that holy grail of evidence, but we had a whole series of events where like something would happen and it would point us to this place. We would go there. Then something would happen. It would kind of point us this way. And it was kind of like this whole little journey. And it ended up with this insane piece of evidence that happened that we think ultimately could have been Travis. And it was one of those moments where it doesn't happen too often. Like we it happened. We were literally jumping up and down, like in the moment. Like we felt like we were like little schoolgirls, like cheering and yelling. We're like hugging each other. We're like literally like it was amazing, incredible experience. And um you know, and then that and then there's like all these, you know, different things that we would heard in different area. Like it's a big location, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like a, it's a lot of acres. It's like and
1: but do you have you experienced a lot of animal ghosts? Uh, I remember one time we did this place in Wyoming and we caught a ghost cat on video.
0: Hell yeah. We did an episode called ghost cats of the South, but it was all just about it. It's all that just kind of shit. It's like, it just mostly involves janitors that have been not allowed to have a cat. And so people see a cat and, but then he's just like, that must be a ghost cat. Right. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was cool. <laughs> it was like the shadow that just moves across. It looks like a cat. And then there's a real cat. In the video, and the cat reacts to it, you see it, like, turn, and, like, it's, like, checking it out, but it's literally just this shadow-looking cat just running across the frame. It was wild. That's
0: so fucking cute. That's awesome. Yeah, but that's actually good to know. I'm very
1: excited for the special.
0: I also want to find out, I want to find out more often about, how, like, how people were just eating all the expired meat on the pizza from the Walmart. Like, how many other deaths can be attached I think that's to- the
1: thing that's, like, cool about it is, like, one, if you're a fan of our show, it's cool, because it's a fun investigation we got crazy evidence you know and but even if you're not a fan of the show like if you're a fan of the the series like it's a whole nother chapter it kind of adds another layer to the stories that we've already heard and we've already known so it's almost like a continuation kind of like a continuation behind the scenes in depth you know but a little bit on the darker paranormal side of it.
0: So cool. Very excited to see this. Can I ask a question? I like to ask people that are in our world, right? Because I asked this to Stan Friedman, he didn't want to answer. And I've asked a couple of other people, which is the idea is as a person that lives within the world of the spooky and the world of the paranormal, do you find that it fucks with your personal life?
1: Uh, 100%.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, do you just, do, are people just like scared to date you? Like, is it one of those? Because like, uh, Stan, I know UFOlogy, UFOlogy ruins people's lives.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, the production life is a tough life to keep going. You're on the road. You're, you know, you work weird hours. I mean, that's hard enough to juggle relationships. But you add in the paranormal, you know, it's, I don't know, there's weird, there's an appeal to it. Some people love it and they're excited about it, but uh, it definitely not so much now. I think over the years I've gotten better at like kind of leaving work at work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, what do you uh,
0: watch that's not spooky? Like, are you one of those? Because Nat and I, are we watch uh, spooky movies all night. Like, we're Halloween people. But then sometimes I'm just like, I just need to watch Marriage at First Sight.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I sometimes it's nice to just zone out on a stupid comedy or just something, yeah. cartoons or something, just to change the vibe. But uh, I think, like, earlier on, I used to, like, not realize how, I guess, things stuck with you, mm-hmm. you know, or things like and he's following you home things like that and i actually ended up going through a divorce because of all of that you know which was on an episode uh which was pretty crazy
0: that's (laughs) that's like how much you live on the show
1: yeah like it's it's us like we're not playing characters we're not it literally is us doing what we do we fart it's on the show you know
0: (laughs) we (laughs) need you need content we got to get this show going. If you'd be like, get that fart on camera. Can you do it again? I
1: want to put the thermal camera up. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, well, we actually, we didn't do a thermal, but we uh, detected a fart through a gas detector. <laughs> it was really funny. It was like in this old mine. And I forget, I think it was Zach that farted. And then like we had a gas detector that was detecting different types of gas and it just lit up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You have the tools.
1: Right, oh, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, the whole affecting our lives a hundred percent, you know, uh I live in Vegas now, but before I lived in Nashville for a while, and you know that house, I think was incredibly haunted with things, and I had a friend that rented a room for me, and he would like wake up and see a woman in the corner of the room and. Oh, I wake up in the middle of the night, my dog's just staring in the corner and like growling and <laughs> you know things Christ. like that. I've had like guitars go flying off the walls, stuff like that.
0: Do you find that now that you're in Vegas, do you think Vegas is a less haunted or more haunted city than Nashville?
1: I think it's, it might be just, I don't know. I don't want to say it's not as haunted because there's definitely hauntings here, but I think. Vegas is always a new city. It's always, they just knock down the old and build new.
0: I feel the same thing in New York, because New York I find to be incredibly like not haunted.
1: Right. And too, you think it's, it's so populated. It's so densely populated. There's so much going on. There's so many lights, so many noises. It's hard to, you know, there could be ghosts that are being like, hey, I'm right here. But there's so much noise and so many people and so many things going on. You don't even pay attention to it. You know, where like Nashville is like an older city. The homes are older. You know, so there's still that energy that's still like stuck with all that stuff. So I think it's, it's more noticeable. You know, but
0: Nashville's got soul too. Like Vegas to me, I I love Las Vegas, but it's definitely like. It's something about the money, and it is new, and it's a little bit different. It's a little bit, it's not a sacred place, purposefully so, where Nashville kind of has like a
1: history. Right. Yeah. And you can still feel that in the energy, you know. Well, that's what I think it comes down to just literally Vegas is always new. You know, building gets old, they just knock it down and build a new one. You know, where Nashville places like that, they'll keep it, they'll restore it, they'll fix it up so it can last a little longer. You know, and I think that keeps that energy there and you could feel it more that way.
0: Yeah, and like you have like Jack White who lives there who like makes his own guitars even though he's a millionaire and he makes things out of cardboard boxes and stuff and you're like, Why are we doing this? You could just buy a, a guitar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, always I mean that's the thing. I mean, I give him credit for that, always trying to, you know, it's easy just to go out and buy things and just do what you could easily do, but to like, you know, that's kinda to relate it to what we do. Like we we're always every episode we try to do things differently. We try to come up with different ways to detect things or different experiments or different ways of trying things. You know, and I think it's having that creative mentality to just always be evolving, always trying something new. And sometimes it doesn't work, but hey, we're trying, you know.
0: Cause you know, when you're the same group of people who've been doing a show for ten years, our ten year anniversary is in March. For last podcast on the left. And we're like, it's very, it's, you have to keep finding the inspiration and finding what's new. Even within this, like this group, it's kind of like you know the three of us joke all the time about how like what a we are the the longest functioning relationship the three of us have ever had and like that you have to like keep you have to keep it fresh.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure there's times you know you you love each other, you hate each other, you're you're stressed, you're happy. It's it's just it's always a roller coaster, you know. And at the end of the day, you do love it, and I think if you're passionate enough about it, you find ways to keep it fresh. You find new ways, you know, to a different approach, a different angle to look at something that, you know, you might've looked at a thousand times, but you just, you change your perspective a little bit. You change your way of thinking to kind of approach it in a new way, to view it in a new light or something.
0: We talk all the time because you have to grow as a person and an artist as you go and you include those lessons, but then also your audience wants like what they expect from you too, oh, yeah. which is an interesting, like it's, it's cause sometimes they're, they, they battle like what is me now versus me 10 years ago.
1: Oh yeah. Cause that's the thing. I mean, even 10 years alone, you're going to change as a person. You change probably every so many years. So in 10 years you've changed, you've grown up, you've learned more things, you changed how you are. Our fan base has grown up. Yeah. They've grown with you, right? We have fans that probably were 10 years old and now they're in their early twenties, you know, that's a huge change. And your mentality is different. What you like, what you want to see, you know, and um, you know, we see things where people like, Oh, I like this episode from five years ago. Why don't you do it that way? And it's like, well, it's different. We're, it's a different time. We're in a different place. We're thinking differently. And yeah, sometimes we go back to old ways and try things oh, we've yeah. done before, but it's just, it's always about pushing the envelope, always just trying something new and, you know, and if it works, it works. And then we'll keep trying stuff and then it doesn't work for a while. We'll kind of put it on the shelf for a little bit and pull something else out.
0: But that's a maturity that comes from doing it for such a long time and knowing it's more. I feel like that's the nice part about doing one thing, like one art. So like one, you're on one journey for 10 years right. that you begin to learn the patience and the, of like what you need to let go and what you should be hammering on and what you should be working harder for.
1: Yeah. And it's like the whole, uh, like what the 10,000 hours theory that like to be like really good at anything, like you need to put in 10,000 hours, like whether it's playing guitar or, you know, any kind of talent, if you focus 10,000 hours on it, you're going to get to a point that it's good. And that's going to be different. From how it was when you first started. It's gonna be different how you were at a thousand hours. You know, it's you're gonna evolve, you're gonna change, you're gonna grow, and I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it would be kinda of boring and weird if we always just stuck the exact same way every single time, you know?
0: Absolutely. You shave your ass once, you get covered in cuts, you do it ten thousand times, you could put that on a magazine.
1: Right, exactly. You'll you'll get it down, you know.
0: <laughs> no, I hope so. Man, I fucking
1: I right? fucking hope so. Stick man. with it. You got it. I just,
0: like, it's just been such a fucking struggle.
1: It'll work out. It's okay. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you
0: so much, Jay, for being here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This was a lot of fun, man. I, I would love
0: to uh, talk again about more specific stories and I can't wait for people to check out the show. It's, oh, it's October 29th, Thursday night. What channel? It's on the Travel
1: Channel. Yeah, uh, be on it 9, 8 central. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll be the uh, Joe Exotic Zoo. So funny.
0: So funny. I'm ex- I think it's a good way, just a way to make him even scarier. Like, right. hopefully it's just riddled with ghosts. I can't wait to see it.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Uh, hope you guys all enjoy it.
0: Uh, we will. And, guys, thank you for listening to the LPN Show. Make sure you check out all the other shows on the LPN Network. We got last podcast and left. Abe Lincoln's top hat. I'm going to say, I almost said your pretty face is going to hell, which is my show for Adult Swim, please just tell them to renew it. Please tell them to tell them we need to shoot an episode every two months like they do on Ghost Adventures. Tell them that. We can do it. Easily. I don't think we can, actually. It's very difficult. <laughs> it's very expensive show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you guys for checking out the LPN show, and make sure you check out all of the shows, and this has been me, Henry Zabrowski. Next week, you got Jackie Zabrowski. Jay, you're a legend and a star.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. This show is made possible
0: by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
4: When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions.
0: Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate.